episode number 112. Welcome to the Getting Unstuck podcast, where you'll laugh, empathize, and learn how to turn your stuck spots into sources for energy and positive change. And now your host, the creator of the Stuck Method, Shira Taylor Gura. Hello, my dear listeners, and thank you for joining me today. So today's the last Tuesday of the month, which means I will be announcing the winner of the free deck of consideration cards at the end of this episode. So I'm going to get right into the story for this week. So for those of you who don't know, I have four kids, and two of them, the younger ones, play baseball. They just started participating in a baseball program this year. One of my kids is eight years old and the other one is 11, and they're pretty good actually, considering they just started this year. And so twice a week, on Mondays and Thursdays, I take them to their baseball practices, which is about 20 minutes away. It's a joy and honor to take them, really. I love watching their practices and I love watching their games, and their coach happens to be American. Don't forget, I live in Israel where baseball really isn't played much at all. And the coach happens to be a really, really nice guy and a great coach. So it's a wonderful thing all around. And I'm super grateful that my kids have this opportunity. So on Friday, just a few days ago, around 10 o'clock in the morning, I received a text message from the coach telling me that he was in need of two players for a game taking place that same day at two o'clock in the afternoon, and would my kids want to help out and play? Now, let me just explain. This game he was talking about was the best players of the kids of our municipality against the best players of a neighboring city. My kids are not the best players, which is why they weren't supposed to be in the game in the first place on Friday. But the coach was in a bind, and my kids want to play baseball anytime there's a chance, and so the decision was easy. Now, let me just pause for a moment to paint a broader picture. Friday is the day of the week where, after teaching a yoga class first thing in the morning, I use that day to prepare the house for Shabbat, for the Sabbath. I clean and I cook, and I just use the day to do whatever it is I need to do so that I can rest fully and with a clear head the following day. So for me to take two hours out of my day, and it's really more than two hours if you include transportation, it's not easy. But of course, I consciously chose to do this to support my kids, knowing we didn't have any guests that Shabbat and I wasn't preparing anything big or fancy. So we get to the field and I park and the kids get out and I told them I'll be just a minute as I had to respond to someone's text message. And as soon as I finished with that message, I get out of the car and I walk over to the field and I see my younger son, the eight-year-old, running towards me. It looks like he's hysterically laughing, but actually he was hysterically crying. He was practically hyperventilating. I couldn't understand what in the world he was trying to tell me. For the life of me, I had no idea what could have happened within just two seconds. 
So once I helped calm him down, I understood the cause of his upset. He was told he wasn't going to play in the game. And I said, who said you're not going to play in the game? Louie? Louie's the name of the coach. And he nodded his head, no. So who, I asked. And I pointed to some guy that looked familiar, and he nodded his head again, no. And then I pointed to the only guy left, and he nodded yes. And then I wanted clarity, because this just made no sense. We were asked to help out. They needed two more players to have a full team. Why would they not want my son to play? And so I asked my son, well, what did he say to you? And through his tears, he said that that guy told the kids the batting lineup and who was playing which position in the outfield, and my son wasn't included in either of those lists. Now, not only did this make absolutely no sense whatsoever, Shira Mama Bear was furious. And I mean furious. No one should do that to a kid. No one. Everybody sitting on that bench had a role to play except my kid. And my kid showed up with a glove and a hat and a water bottle and all. And he was told he's not going to play. Why? Because he's in third grade and everyone else was in sixth grade or seventh grade. Why? Because he's not good enough. We were asked to play. We were doing this team a favor. And no one will embarrass or put my kid down or make him feel bad because he's not good enough to play. No one. I was ready for war. I was like, watch out, parents. You have no idea who you're dealing with. You are going to be sorry, Mr. You think you're so hot, huh? You have no idea what's coming to you. And as I felt that rage arise within me, I took a stop because I knew that was a stuck moment. I mean, this was not a calm, rational, we'll figure this out moment. This was emotional and I was getting hijacked by my emotions. So I stopped and I took a breath. And I told myself I was stuck on rage and I felt that emotion in my face. I uncovered that this should not be happening and that this guy made a really bad decision and that he's insensitive and he has little to no experience working with kids, obviously. But what I considered in that moment was perhaps there was a mistake. I mean, Louis, the coach who called me, wasn't even there. And rather than approaching this guy from a place of rage, I considered I could approach him with a sense of curiosity, like, hey, what's going on here? And so I approached the guy and said, hi, is Louis here? And he said, no, he's at his grandmother's funeral. And I said, oh, I didn't know that. Okay, so I don't know if you know, but he just called me a couple of hours ago to see if I would be willing to bring my kids to the field to help complete this team. And I said yes, but my son apparently wasn't given any positions to play. And the guy responded, oh, he's playing? Oh, I didn't know. I'm so sorry. Of course he'll play. He'll be number nine for hitting and he'll play right field. I'm really sorry. Okay, so he sounded genuine. 
although I still couldn't get it out of my head. If you only had eight players and baseball teams have nine players on them, and my kid was sitting there with the rest of the team with a hat and uniform and glove, why he wasn't told where to play, it just didn't make any sense to me, but whatever, I didn't get stuck on that. What was most important was that my son didn't get stuck on it either. And once he heard what his position was, he ran right out to the right field just in time for the game to begin. And I was relieved both in the outcome and in that I didn't scream and let mama bear out because if I had, it could have been a really ugly scene that could have been really embarrassing and totally unnecessary. And as I sat down to watch the game, I held myself in compassion for getting stuck on rage. And I also sat there in gratitude for the stuck method and having that as a tool in my life. But that's not the end of the story. Because as I sat there watching the game, I got stuck again. Not on the guy who didn't include my son in the game to begin with, but on letting Louie know what happened. I mean... My guess was Louis didn't tell this substitute coach that we were coming, and maybe that's where the lines of communication broke and what caused my son this traumatic experience because I really believe it was traumatic for him. And I was stuck on that Louis really should know what happened so that this doesn't happen again in the future to another kid. I was like, justice needs to be done here. This was not okay what happened. And I'm the only person who can save the situation. I was really feeling like becoming a martyr in that situation. And I felt myself grabbing my phone to make that phone call or leave that message for Louis. But I noticed that was also just a stuck spot, stuck on desire, that I had to make that phone call, that I had to tell Louis what happened, that I had to save the situation from occurring again and doing otherwise would be irresponsible of me. But I stopped. I just took a pause. And after telling myself that I was stuck on desire, I uncovered my beliefs. And not only did I realize that I had no clue if any of those beliefs were right or not, I considered first and foremost that Louis is in mourning. His grandmother just died for crying out loud. And I'm thinking to myself, Shira, do you really think this is the first thing on his mind? Seriously. And probably because it wasn't, there was that mix-up that happened in communication between the coaches. And I considered that I didn't need to make that phone call right then and there in that moment, but also I may not need to make that phone call at all. I considered what was the point. I mean... Was it because I wanted Louis to know there was a screw-up and that the other coach was pretty pathetic in missing that my son was the only one sitting there without a position and that he should know that and reprimand this guy who thinks he's a coach? Or was I trying to teach him a lesson? You know, next time you really should consider whatever I would say. I mean, yes, maybe there is room for me to explain to Louis what happened, but on the other hand, maybe not. Maybe there's really no need. It's over. It was a mistake. Mistakes happen. There was miscommunication. My kid got it, and he let it go, and I did too. 
A few days have passed, and I still haven't said anything to Louis, and I'm not sure I will. I don't know about your life, but in my life, I have people who I consider my teachers, or a coach, or people I look up to, and sometimes I see them mess up. It's inevitable. They're human. And sometimes there's a part of me that wants to say, you know, you profess this, or you always teach me it in this way, but I saw you once not really living up to what you preach. I could, but I don't, because I consider, what's the point? What's the intention behind that? To put them down? To make them feel bad? To make me feel better than them? knowing that I'm not the only one who screws up? Now, I'm not saying approaching people and expressing your opinion is right or wrong. I'm not saying either. What I am saying is that it may be worthwhile to stop and just consider what is your purpose. And will that approach be beneficial, not just to satisfy your need to get whatever it is off of your chest, But will it really be beneficial for the other person? If you have a story right now in your mind, a stock spot, where you feel like, yes, you need to say something to that other person, I would still encourage you to question that belief. Do you know for sure that having that conversation will be a positive action and that it will be positively received? It's just something to consider. Because it's in the future, we don't really ever know how things will unfold, do we? And again, I'm not at all advocating not expressing yourself. I'm just offering the consideration to consider the real purpose. And is it coming from a clear and pure place? What I like about this episode is the timing of it. Because for those of you who are in my group program, the Getting Unstuck and Living Deliberately journey, you know that we are just ending the first month of this six-month program. And the first month, we delved into stillness by really focusing on bringing more stops into our lives so that we don't automatically react every time we have a thought or a desire or even a habit that we regularly do but rather we are practicing to pause so that we can wake up to those tendencies and see what other options are available to us. It's a really powerful practice, and I think because I'm practicing alongside everyone in the group, it has definitely impacted me, and I think it really affected the way I approached the situation this past Friday at the baseball field. Instead of getting up and screaming and making a scene and doing whatever is natural to me, I just paused and I handled it from a completely different place. You know, one of the questions that I ask on my clarity worksheets, this is a worksheet that I give to people before I coach them, I ask them if they have any needs that need to be met for them to be able to get unstuck. And the reason I ask this question is because often I do believe that we believe that something needs to happen in order for us to get unstuck. Like, I need to say this to that person. 
I need for him to apologize. I need for them to know how I feel. And then I'll be happy. Then I'll feel better. I need for that to happen. But that is a belief that can be investigated, which is why I help my clients uncover those beliefs. Because it may be that hanging on to those beliefs that are causing you to be stuck in the first place. This episode relates back a bit to last week's episode where I answered Sarah's questions about having conversations with other people when you're stuck or even after you get unstuck. I think this is a really important topic and worthwhile to explore, and I am open to continuing this topic on this podcast. Because while getting unstuck is an individual process, I know that it may feel unclear to some of you about, well, what to do with that other person who is a part of your stuck story. So I will keep this subject in mind as I continue to bring you more episodes in the future. Okay, my dear friends, I'd like to now announce the winner of the giveaway for this month. It goes to Love DM whose subject line was episode 111. They wrote, Thanks, Shira, for another great episode, and clearly explaining how getting unstuck is all about me. That normally sounds like an egocentric attitude. However, in this case, all about me is exactly what it is all about. We have absolutely no control over another person's emotions or behaviors. That is not our responsibility. I feel relief knowing that I'm responsible only for myself. That's a lot of work all on its own. Thanks again, and I look forward to the next episode of Getting Unstuck with you. So thank you, Love DM, for taking the time to send in your iTunes review. I really do appreciate it, as it's not only great to hear from you, your review will help others find this podcast. And in doing so, It will help them learn how to get unstuck in their lives and in their relationships. So what may seem like not such a big deal to write an iTunes review can actually have a grand impact on others. So thank you so much for submitting your review and thank you to the others who submitted your reviews this month as well. Love DM, please email me with your address so that I can send you your deck of cards ASAP. Thank you so much for tuning in today, and as always, I look forward to getting unstuck with you. Thank you for tuning in to the Getting Unstuck podcast. It is a privilege to show up each week and share a new story with you. If you would like to deepen your practice in getting unstuck in your life and in your relationships, I highly encourage you to check out the Getting Unstuck and Living Deliberately journey. It's my group program where we take the ideas of the stuck method and apply them to our lives in a more conscious and intentional way. Head over to my website, shiragura.com to learn more. It's one thing to know the steps to the stuck method. It's another thing entirely to experience this transformation for yourself. Please consider checking it out. I'll see you next week.